G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Dan Flynn is the Victoria State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby. He's with us today for an update. Hello, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. How are you, Neil? Welcome back to the studio. Thank you very much, Dan. Hey, Dan, uh, the issues that are facing the nation, there's some significant things that continue to bubble along. Let's talk politics for a few minutes. Uh, Infighting in the Liberal Party. Uh, Tony Abbott accused of campaigning for change and seemingly destabilising the Liberal Party in the eyes of voters. Uh, What are your perceptions on what's been happening with uh, so far as that infighting goes? It's certainly true that... uh uh, Tony Abbott's been, you know, out and about doing a number of meetings, both in his electorate uh, and here in Victoria last week as well. Um, look, I think he's, um, you know, he's finding an audience within the party, rank and file membership who are resonating with his values-based discussion. And, um, you know, I think in many ways he's really doing the Liberal Party a favour, solidifying that base and assuring uh, these party faithful uh, that the Liberal Party does stand for conservative values. Uh, so, uh, in many respects, um, uh, there's not much to criticise in terms of the values that he's promoting. Well, of course, uh, new polls out today showing that Malcolm Turnbull remains the preferred Prime Minister, but uh, but Bill Shorten certainly gaining ground on the Prime Minister. While that is true, Neil, that may be more attributable to the recent uh, problems with Christopher Pine uh, making comments that the... Um, plebiscite uh, policies being actively undermined within the Liberal Party. <clears throat> so that's that's a sign of, um, you know, in, internal uh, white-handing of uh, Liberal policy, uh, which Liberal voters voted for. Um, <clears throat> that sense of chaos uh, would no doubt weaken um, Mr Turnbull as Prime Minister, and I think we, will see, we see that reflected in those poll results. Well, let's dig a little deeper on this issue because Senator Dean Smith from WA plans to take a bill for same-sex marriage to the Liberal Party room in a push to get the government to abandon its plebiscite and conduct a free vote before the end of the year. You've been following along that. And, of course, uh, the Conservative voices from the backbench, and as we say, Tony Abbott, of course, they're going to be speaking up on uh, these sorts of issues a little more loudly when this sort of agitation happens. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, the plans that Senator Smith might have? Look, it's certainly um, strange coming from him in many respects, Neil, because when he was selected for the Senate uh, in 2012, um, uh, plus or minus six months, but I think it was 2012, he said that he rejected the suggestion of marriage equality and uh, said that, um, you know, marriage as an institution, um, uh, you know, should remain as it is and not change. So uh, the Liberal Party from Western Australia put him into the Senate based on that um, uh, analysis of marriage. He's come inside, he's now... Uh, you know, appears to be the prime underminer of the um, Liberal policy taken to an election successfully that we all have a plebiscite. So it's disturbing to hear it from somebody who uh, has changed position so radically.
But, of course, the threat here is to rekindle this factional battle within the Liberal Party because uh, you've got the people that are considered to be on the right and those that are considered to be moderate or a lot of left-leaning Liberals. Uh, Factional battles within the party, is this the sort of issue that's more likely to uh, fuel the fires for that sort of thing? This will... This will uh, fuel the fire for instability. I think what I think Tony Abbott's work is good work. Tony Abbott himself says when speaking out, look, there's a limit to what I can do. Um, you know, he's clearly um, uh, not pitching for the leadership of, of the party. He's not pitching for prime ministership. He's keeping a base ha- happy. What we're seeing, though, with Dean Smith uh, and with Christopher Pine uh, is um, an undermining of uh, policy and that principal policy being the plebiscite, that everyone gets a say on gay marriage. Um, Liberal voters um, and conservatives are very concerned to see that undermined. Uh, Of course, uh, Cory Bernardi would be watching this with great interest um, because uh, there's there's strong definition in the Australian Conservatives. The concern is, if, uh, as articulated by Tony Abbott, if that definition is lacking in the Liberal Party, they're in trouble. Now, of course, Christopher Pine has made an apology for his remarks that he made uh, over this past week or two, uh, where he was caught on tape saying that marriage equality would come sooner than everyone thinks. Uh, This whole issue with Dean Smith, is this part of uh, what he would have been talking about there in some sort of a plot from the moderates in the Liberal Party to actually bring on this possibility of a vote? Most likely, Neil, but uh, Christopher uh, saw the political damage that was being done and has apologised. And, uh, you know, so the, the Dean Smith pathway to undermine the plebiscite um, uh, is worth apologising for because it damages the government in power, which, you know, the polls are telling it, uh, the polls are telling us it's doing badly. Um, the Liberal Party will be looking to, um, you know, establish itself and get away from all this talk about uh, gay marriage. They, they put the plebiscite up. Uh, it didn't get through the Senate. Um, Senator Dean Smith would do well to lobby his fellow senators uh, to see if they can get this plebiscite passed through the Senate. Well, the coalition's position is clear. Malcolm Turnbull's repeatedly had to come back to that pledge that the government won't budge from its current position a national vote on same-sex marriage. And so he keeps coming back to that. So the coalition's position is clear. They are standing for a plebiscite, even though the Prime Minister personally supports the idea of changing the marriage definition. Uh, Yes, and all the more reason why uh, Dean Smith should not table this bill uh, in the party room. Um, He's, uh, uh, you know, defying uh, his Prime Minister uh, and uh, even on the judgment of Christopher Pine. Uh, this is politically not a smart thing to be doing. Mm. Uh, let's talk some more about the Prime Minister. Slightly different tack, though. Of course, he's been uh, in France for the G20 meeting. Uh, any thoughts on his performance with other world leaders? Look, I think uh, he's been brilliant, uh, particularly brilliant in relation to the uh, cyber uh, space that's been occupied by terrorists. Uh, he's been working with world leaders uh, to craft... Uh, what's been called the Australia Clause, a clause to uh, protect the internet from cyber terrorism. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's he's a very skilled negotiator. Uh, he's worked closely with the world leaders. He has a background, of course, uh, in the internet sector. 
that was uh, a strong business interest of his before going into politics. But he's, he's crafted a clause um, that says that appropriate filtering, filtering, detecting and removing of content that incites terrorist acts is crucial. And that's, that's a brilliant piece of work. Uh, he didn't quite get his way in some declaration to uh, condemn North Korea, but he was lobbying for that. Uh, so I think Prime Minister Turnbull has done an excellent job of uh, representing us Australians at the G20. And just correcting my little oversight, of course, it was in Hamburg, in Germany, and not in France. Uh, but uh, performance there on the world stage with the uh, the G20 leaders. Another big issue that is on the agenda, and of course, uh, Cardinal George Pell uh, was uh, spotted in Singapore. Now he's touched down in Sydney, and some uh, some historic sexual abuse charges that he'll be facing here in Australia. This is an incredibly emotional issue, Neil. Um, you know, those who've been uh, abused in institutions, uh, be that you know the, the church, the state, um, uh, various institutions of various denominations, all feel incredible anger. Uh, quite rightly so, as a result of the abuses that have taken place. Uh, the problem that we're seeing is that George Powell uh, is the lightning rod for all of this anger, and we're seeing an incredible sense of trial by media, um, that his every move uh, is watched with great vigilance as though he were guilty. Um, the truth of the matter is that he's innocent until proven guilty, and in the most difficult of contexts, which this is, we must work very hard to ensure that there is a fair trial uh, for this man uh, who's been, who's, who's at least have done certain things, the details of which we're unaware. But this must be tried by a court forensically uh, without the mob uh, predetermining the outcome. Of course, the charges are important here, and I haven't seen a lot about what those charges might be. They're just, every time I read a report, I'm reading things about uh, historic sexual abuse charges. Uh, any ideas on what sort of charges he might be facing uh, at all, uh, Dan? Look, I have no particular insight. That they are uh, historical sexual abuse charges. No doubt they relate to uh, his time in Ballarat. Uh, but that's that's all we really know. Uh, the details um, uh, will no doubt be provided to uh, his lawyers. Uh, he's engaged um, uh, capable uh, QC in Melbourne to defend him. Um, the most important thing is that we take a breather. Uh, and, um, you know, we saw in India last week a mob, um, uh, you know, stampede a man kill, uh, accused of rape. They, they killed this man because the mob was so incited with uh, the anger towards the offence. Uh, we cannot let that system uh, apply here in Australia. Uh, we're very blessed with our innocent till proven guilty that the, the, the Crown must prove every allegation beyond reasonable doubt. This all ensures uh, that innocent people are not wrongly convicted and we must fight for the integrity of this system. Well, it's interesting alignment that you draw there between the media and the mob idea because uh, it's very true, isn't it, that the media uh, does have a mob mentality and uh, obviously people who are in control of editorial and in control of uh, various news departments uh, have this sort of idea that, uh, that they're going to be an influence, that there is a mob issue involved here, and it's very significant. And while you are making a reference, too, to what's happened in India, uh, where a mob uh, was able to kill a man, uh, 
the idea that a mob by way of media, uh, that's certainly not a, uh, it's not a long bow. That really does happen, doesn't it? It really does happen, Neil. And here, you know, you have the architecture of Rome, the colour of a cardinal's outfit, uh, the the horrendous sexual abuse that has been perpetrated by members of the clergy. You have all of those elements uh, and a, a population that is angry uh, and rightly so about these offences. And the cover-up um, is just so important that the specific uh, charges that are levelled at George Powell are dealt with uh, fairly on the facts, on the evidence, uh, not on innuendo. It's just so important, Neil, for, for the future of the country. This won't be the last significant person that faces trial in our country. Uh, we must protect the system for everybody. Yep. And just before I let you go, Dan, uh, the issue of euthanasia, it's been bubbling along in your state, in Victoria. What's the latest? Neil, it's an absolutely critical state in Victoria. Uh, on the next sitting week, the 8th of August, uh, there's great expectations that there will be a bill to legalise assisted suicide here in Victoria. Uh, so there are um, there's a lot of work being done in the contacting of members of parliament by people on both sides of this debate, uh, wanting to be heard, uh, wanting to um, uh, get the, the attention of their member of parliament. Some of that is made complex by the fact that it's the winter uh, break and some are away. Um, but certainly for Christians, um, many are expressing their concerns about the risks to the elderly, uh, elder abuse, uh, the concern that the disabled have about this legislation. We haven't seen the bill yet, Neil. When we do, um, there'll be um, close analysis of the safeguards, so-called, uh, and what protection, if any, they can provide for the vulnerable. Um, but as, as we know, safeguards in Europe, in Oregon, haven't worked uh, and uh, were described recently by Dr Topler from Oregon uh, as wet tissue paper. So we've got a lot to happen in a short time in Victoria, and we may see something similar in New South Wales shortly. So this is a a national uh, crisis that we're facing, and hopefully we can defeat euthanasia this time round. Dan, we will certainly be following along that whole issue with the euthanasia debate in Victoria and, as you say, unfolding also in New South Wales. But, Dan Flynn, great insights as always. Dan, the Victoria State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, thanks so much for updating us today on 2020. My pleasure. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.